servants of God shouldn't live like the devil. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Before we knew Jesus, we were slaves of sin. We had no choice but to live in our flesh and dishonor God, no matter how hard we may have tried to escape our chains. Then we were redeemed and came under a new master. But have you noticed that we have a lot more freedom under this Lord? We're free to live holy, but we're not forced to. Today, Pastor Jim will wrap up his sermon, The People of God Are Honorable. Charles E. Fuller was a, a layman, really, who taught the Bible on a weekly broadcast, old-fashioned revival hour. And uh, Dr. Fuller, one Sunday, announced on the radio that the following Sunday he would be preaching on heaven. Going to talk about heaven next Sunday, he said. And during that week, a listener sent this marvelous letter. Let me read you the letter. Quote, Next Sunday, Dr. Fuller, you're going to talk about heaven. I'm interested in that land because I have held a clear title to a bit of that property there for over 55 years. I did not buy it. It was given to me without money and without price. But the donor purchased it for me at tremendous sacrifice. I'm not holding it for speculation since the title is not transferable. It is not a vacant lot. For more than half a century, I have been sending materials out of which the greatest architect and builder of the universe has been building a home for me which will never need to be remodeled or repaired because it will suit me perfectly, individually, and will never grow old or rot. Termites can never undermine its foundation, for it rests on the rock of ages. Fire cannot destroy it. Floods cannot wash it away. No locks nor bolts will ever be placed upon its doors, for no vicious person can ever enter that land where my dwelling stands. Now almost completed and almost ready for me to enter and abide in peace eternally, without fear of being rejected. Oh, there is a valley of deep shadow between the place where I live in California and that to which I shall journey in a very short time. I cannot reach my home in that city of gold without passing through this dark valley of shadows. But I'm not afraid, because the best friend I ever had went through the same valley long, long ago. He drove away all its gloom. He has stuck by me through thick and thin since we first became acquainted 55 years ago, and I hold his promise in printed form, quote, never to forsake me or leave me alone, end of quote. He will be there with me as I walk through the valley of shadows, and I shall not lose my way when he is at my side. I hope to hear your sermon on heaven next Sunday from my home in Los Angeles, California, but I have no assurance that I shall be able to do so. My ticket to heaven has no date marked for the journey, no return coupon, and no permit for baggage. Yes, I am all ready to go. And I may not be here while you're talking next Sunday about heaven, but I shall meet you there someday soon. End of quote. See, this, the writer of that letter understood that uh, he, she, was a pilgrim sojourner. They had come to peace with their true destiny, who they were. 
Now, now Peter, earlier in this, in this same marvelous epistle in chapter 1, he had told the people he's writing to, these people he called pilgrims and sojourners, look, look at it, chapter 1 and verse 3. He has said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The apostle Peter was writing to people who were pilgrims and sojourners, not because they were hallucinating, <laughs> not because they were wishing, but they had a rock-solid guarantee of an inheritance that was theirs, an inheritance that was being kept for them in heaven while they were being kept by God for that inheritance on earth. My friend, do you have that assurance this morning? Is heaven a real place for you? Are you absolutely certain, more certain than anything else about you, that when this life is over, you're headed for sure to a home called heaven, in heaven, and nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you from that God who provided it and that heaven that awaits for you there? Are you sure? Peter writes, that we might know that we have eternal life. That our expectation of heaven is solid, unmovable, unshakable. Because you see, you don't earn it. You don't keep it. You don't buy it. It's a gift. It's an inheritance. It's something God gives to you and to me through someone else who purchases it for us. And that someone is Jesus. And in order to purchase my salvation, my eternal life, and guarantee me a home in heaven, he went to the cross and died a death in my place that I could not die for myself. He did the same thing for you. And if you will receive him as your Lord and Savior and commit yourself to him, he will come into your heart and life, cancel the debt of your sin. Mark as paid in full all the judgment of God against you for all that you have done and all that you will do that violates God's holy command. And you can leave this auditorium saying, I know that I'm a pilgrim, I'm a sojourner. Peter recognized that when you come to believe and to understand that salvation in heaven is a gift of God, that you don't earn it, he understood that that, that takes an enormous burden off your back. <laughs> I was reading this week about, uh, about the, uh, the background for the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, and one of the things that Martin Luther was against was selling of indulgences. Now, the reason they were selling indulgences was that the Pope wanted to raise a lot of money to build a huge cathedral there in Rome. And the way he went about doing it was to 
to give special permission to some monks to go around saying, you know, your father is in hell right now, and he is suffering tremendously, and, and if you will pay me this amount of money, uh, we'll get your dad out of there. That sound like a good deal? Well, it went on to say, if you don't want to go there, if you want to bypass purgatory and go to heaven, then pay this much and we'll guarantee that you'll go directly to heaven. Sound like a good deal? Well, people thought it was a good deal, so they would buy it up. And Mr. Luther uh, said, that's not right, that's not biblical. And he was opposed to that selling of indulgences. The whole idea that uh, for you to go to heaven, you've got to take part in this celebration, whether it's a mass or any other religious thing, gives the church or the people behind that enormous control over your life. Because you see, those people know that the most important thing that bothers you and me is where we're going to spend eternity. They know that. And if they can wiggle their way into a relationship where they can hold that over you, then they can make lots of money from you. Such a vile, filthy, unbiblical system. But see, the moment I tell you that, <laughs> that you can be saved to go to heaven of all your sins forgiven and be a stranger and a pilgrim here in this life and know for sure you're going to heaven, and nothing can separate you from that, what, what's the danger there? Well, you may act like a wild man. I mean, you may act without restraint. You may do some things, make some choices that are not good at all. And no one has the power over you to say, you do that again, and you're going to burn in hell. Because you know better than that. And that, that's what, that was Peter's concern. He says here in chapter 2, he says in verse 16, as free, that is, we who are Christians are free. We are indeed free. We don't have to earn our salvation, and nothing can separate us from the grace of God. So we're free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. What's that mean? Well, that means don't use the security that you have in your heart as an excuse to then live like the dogs or the devil now. That's what that says. That's saying behind the shield of your total, absolute conviction that heaven is your home and you're going there and it's yours as a gift from God, don't use that as a license to then behave badly. Our faith suffers because some people who profess to be Christians do live like the devil and boast about it. Their attitude is that since their heaven is for sure for them, they can live as they please now it really doesn't matter. They can, they can be vile. They can be, they, 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 they are free to do whatever they want to do and still go to heaven. Peter says, that's a violation of trust. Because you see, in this world, there are real dangers. Real dangers. 
in preparing to go to Africa, I got a whole bunch of shots. And uh, I have medicine that I will have to take because in Africa, the mosquitoes have the capacity to give you some bad diseases. Malaria, yellow fever, and a whole bunch of other things that I've learned in studying. And it's a very real danger. And I wasn't born in Africa, didn't grow up, so I don't have any immunity against those things. I'm, uh, when the mosquitoes see me get off the plane, they're licking their lips and saying, hmm, hmm, that looks delicious. Big, fat, white American. Hmm. Now, since I know that's in their minds, I need to take some precautions, right? And I would have taken some precautions. I can't go to Africa this trip. My father will require my staying here in the States while my two sons go and the rest of the team go and serve. I apologize to them and to you, but that's the decision that I must make. Had I been going to Africa, however, I would have taken medicine, and then when I arrived in Africa, I wouldn't have looked over at those fat, grinning mosquitoes and said, come on, guys, give me your best shot. Not at all. I would wear long sleeves. I would put on bug repellent. I would avoid the marshy areas. I would do a number of things designed to shield myself from the obvious danger that the mosquitoes and malaria brings to me. Now, Christian friend, this world is full of mosquitoes with very deadly diseases that they bring. Peter is saying to the Christians of the first century and to us today, don't put yourself in positions of risk. Granted, if you are a committed person to the Lord Jesus Christ and you commit sin, that sin has already been anticipated and is cared for by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a given. That's a given. But hear me. It's not a question, will you go to heaven? It's a question, will I go to heaven sooner than God planned? It's a question of, will I go to heaven embarrassed? Or will I go to heaven with confidence and joy? It is sad in my own life, in Jim Custer's life, it's sad to see how many times I'm drawn to things that are very wrong for me. Activities, attitudes that when I embrace them and do them, I bring great disclaim to the Lord Jesus Christ. I bring dishonor to you as a part of a body of believers with whom I'm fellowshiped, with whom I'm related. It always brings a stinging rebuke to me when someone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus will find me in a situation or a, a condition or in a place where I really shouldn't be dangerous there. And they will say to me, and you call yourself a Christian? 
or they will say, this is how Christians behave. Very embarrassing. I still, though, need to go to Africa. Now, I don't mean physically. Follow? Are you awake? Don't miss that. I can't go on this trip. But let me finish the illustration. I can't minister to the African brothers and sisters in my study in Columbus, can I? I need to go to where they are, don't I? And the fact that there are mosquitoes there and there are real threats to my health and well-being means I take precautions. It doesn't mean I don't go to Africa. Somehow that statement lacks punch since I'm not going to be able to go. But do you understand what I'm saying? You understand what Peter's saying? You understand what the Spirit of God is saying? The people of God, as pilgrims and strangers in this, in this world, live differently. We are different. We march to a different drummer. We should know our future is secure. That should affect how we behave in this world. There are real dangers in the activities and attitudes of society around us. You can't just take culture at face value. There are hidden dangerous diseases there that can destroy your life, destroy your reputation, destroy your capacity to serve God. And you don't dare take those things lightly. But you can't sit in the church pew seven days a week. The Lord Jesus in John 17, praying to the Father, put this dilemma in the clearest language I know. He's praying to the Father. He's about to go to the cross. And he says, Father, thanks for giving me these believers out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, okay? Now they're no longer part of the world, and the world will hate them just like the world hates me. Remember that. The more you're like the Lord Jesus, the more some people and some systems are not going to like you. But Father, don't take them out of the world. I'm sending them into the world and praying that you will keep them from evil. Today, you must go into the world. You must make contact with people who do not know Jesus Christ. You must live in a society and a culture that is anti-Christ. You must distinguish between those things that are lethally dangerous to your faith, to your future, to your health, to your reputation, and to the reputation of Jesus Christ. You cannot isolate yourself. That is not God's will. God's will is that as, as his sons and daughters, with the shots that we need, with the Spirit of God dwelling within us, with the Word of God filling our minds and hearts, we move out into the world around us as pilgrims and strangers, not to get gain, not to seek approval, not to find our place, 
when we go as missionaries to serve the Lord Jesus Christ by honoring the king, by loving the brotherhood, by honoring all men and all women, by living out our faith and expressing the love of God to those all around us in a culture and a community that's gone over the edge. So, Father, this week, help us to be pilgrims and strangers. Help us to get our shots. Help us to eat wisely, not drink the water out there. To recognize the danger. To be honest with ourselves when those things out there have a strange allurement and attraction to my inner desires and stimulate within me desires and lusts and passions and attitudes that are violently ungodly and clearly unchristian. Give us your wisdom to choose to do things that are good and godly and gracious and kind. Help us in this world to live as those who are not part of it and to live in such a way that those who are part of this world system still lost in their sins and blind, will note that we live honorably, morally, graciously, godly, in such a fashion that they are to conclude that our claim of a relationship with you is indeed authentic, and our offer to them of that same experience of your grace and love for them in their need is also authentic and true. Help us, Father, I pray. At the beginning of this message yesterday, we noticed Peter's words that we are sojourners and pilgrims. We use the metaphor of tourists, but a better analogy would be that of missionaries. We're not just passing through, but passing through with a purpose. That purpose is to liberate as many of the locals as we can. Jim's message from 1 Peter is called, The People of God Are Honorable. If you'd like to have the message on CD, we'll send it to you for a gift of $7 or more. Our current series is dubbed The People of God, and all 17 episodes can come to you on CD for your gift of $59 or more. I'll tell you where to get those after I mention that Right Start is supported by listeners like you. It's very encouraging to have partners who believe in us and who uphold us financially and in prayer. May the Lord strengthen and encourage you. We're praying for even more helpers to join this team, so don't hesitate to call, click, or write if you'd like to join in. The mailing address is Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 
888-253-2313. And on the web, go to rightstartradio.org. You can donate securely there. You can listen to radio shows, listen to complete sermons, or download the audio, email us, even link to iTunes to sign up for the daily podcast. Please drop by soon, rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Would it surprise you to learn that the people of God are futuristic? Well, prepare for a surprise then. That's the title of the sermon we'll open tomorrow. Please be here at the same time for Thursday's Right Start. Thank you.